Welcome to Aragon Live, the podcast where Aragon experts provide you with key business and technology insights. Hi, I'm Jim Lundy, founder and CEO of Aragon Research. And today's episode is focused on a topic that many enterprises already know well, enterprise security and cloud computing. Now in the COVID pandemic, security risks have only seemed to have increased. We've previously discussed in some other podcasts how the rise of remote work presents a new era of vulnerability for enterprises, and so does some of the evolving technology that is allowing hackers to become much more sophisticated. And we're going to dive into that today. So what does your organization need to do to make sure it's protected? How can the right cloud technologies help your enterprise sometimes close some of those security gaps? Joining me to answer some of these questions is Craig Kennedy, Senior Research Director here at Aragon Research. Craig is one of the latest analysts to join our team of trusted advisors. Before joining Aragon, Craig was the Director of IT Infrastructure and Operations at Vendavo. He has also held roles at Macara, Ariba Inc., and PTC. He earned a BS in Mechanical Engineering from the University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth. He brings his wealth of practical business experience and IT knowledge to Aragon. Craig, it's great to have you with me today. Great. Thank you, Jim. I'm excited to dive right in. Let's start by taking a bird's eye view of what's happening right now. You recently wrote a first cut analysis of the hacking of a company called SolarWinds. Can you tell me a little bit about what happened to this event and why enterprises should care about it? Why was this such a momentous event? Yeah, absolutely. So in December of 2020, SolarWinds disclosed that it had been hacked by an undisclosed foreign government entity, resulting in at least 18,000 of their customers being exposed to malware in its Orion software product offering. This cyber attack was extremely sophisticated and is believed to be a Russian hacker group and most likely state-sponsored. They targeted and successfully breached SolarWinds corporate network and eventually gained access to its build servers. Once there, the hackers were able to inject malicious code into the SolarWinds Orion build process. Then this infected code, codenamed Sunburst, was then packaged and signed with valid SolarWinds certificates, giving all recipients of this package the false assurance that this was indeed a valid and safe component of their Orion product. This attack was so devastating because the Orion product, which is designed to manage a wide range of IT resources in an organization, requires elevated privileged access to virtually all the IT infrastructure and enterprises, both on-premise and in the cloud. This new type of attack vector means that software supply chains are more vulnerable than we'd ever thought before. It will put additional pressure on software vendors and enterprises to use extreme diligence when testing software products and updates before promoting them to production. That's certainly uh, a big time hack and, you know, obviously they're still reeling from this and we're still learning what breaches occurred. But Craig, what are some of the recommendations you have for enterprises when it comes to preventing weak links in their IT supply chain? So Aragon recommends that any organization procuring software should evaluate creating their software QA teams that will inspect and thoroughly test inbound software offerings and upgrades in an isolated staging environment before being even thought of deploying to production. We also advise that any service level agreements be updated to include software cleanliness clauses. This will force software providers to perform extra due diligence to prevent this from ever happening again. Lastly, and this one's a no brainer, use and enforce multi-factor authentication in your enterprise. 
That's for all users and servers. It's one of the easiest things you can do to help ensure your enterprise is secure. Okay, thanks, Craig. And that's really actionable advice. I'd also add that procuring endpoint and privacy protection platforms is another best practice. And reviewed some of that and some of the emerging providers in our hot vendors and privacy and security research note from 2020. In fact, one of the things that has come out as part of that research is that sometimes the good guys are the bad guys, that people that want to borrow some of your information for advertising are actually taking a lot more stuff than we thought. So check that research out. Now I want to shift gears a little bit and, and also talk to you, Craig, a little bit about cloud and bring cloud into this conversation a little bit about all the different options that people have and how it ties into enterprise security in 2021. Many organizations are developing you know, newer IT strategies, sometimes from scratch, or you know, sometimes just to uh, migrate services. And obviously they're naturally drawn to public cloud options. Some of their benefits include pay-as-you-go operating costs, limitless elasticity, much less upfront capital costs, reduced operational complexity, and most importantly, levels of security that may be much higher that they can get immediately than they could maybe get themselves, you know, often due to maybe the newness of the company itself. A public cloud can provide highly efficient and secure IT services for many organizations, and it can also help reduce vulnerabilities. Craig, you just wrote a research note on this very topic of cloud, public cloud versus hybrid cloud. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things there? What are some factors on cloud that enterprises should consider? Public clouds work well for a lot of organizations, especially in greenfield deployments. As you mentioned, when designed properly, IT workloads in the public cloud can be a highly secure and cost-effective. The caveat is you need to closely monitor these workloads in order to keep your cloud costs under control and maintain security. The ease of deployment in the public cloud, combined with the essential limitless resources, can be really a double-edged sword. It makes it amazingly easy to create IT resources, but it's equally easy to misconfigure these resources in an insecure fashion. When some of these are unintentionally abandoned and left running, it can lead to potential security vulnerabilities and higher public cloud costs. Now, if your enterprise has existing IT workloads that just don't naturally fit within the constraints of a public cloud, I'd recommend going with a hybrid cloud. Now, a hybrid cloud can be created by deploying these public cloud unfriendly workloads into a private cloud that is then linked to your existing public cloud infrastructure. Deploying these workloads to a private cloud can provide much of the benefits inherent to a public cloud, but on a platform where your organization's IT team can have more direct control over the infrastructure, the customization, security, and resource availability due to the non-shared nature of a private cloud. Great, Craig. What else might an enterprise need to consider when weighing these cloud options? Sure, so organizations really need to fully assess each of their IT workloads to understand which ones make sense to place in the public cloud and which ones don't. For example, an application running 24 seven and requiring a large static resource may not be a good fit for the public cloud. Regulatory restrictions, proximity requirements to manufacturing equipment, and applications with large IO and low latency requirements, these are all other potential reasons for just not placing a workload in the public cloud. So once an organization decides to deploy a hybrid cloud, they should strongly consider leveraging containers in both their public and private clouds. 
and then use tools like Kubernetes to automate the deployment of these containerized workloads. This provides them with the flexibility of selectively deploying IT workloads to either their public or their private clouds. Thank you, Craig. And that was a great overview of your research note that is available at aerodynamicresearch.com. And we're starting to really come to time today, but I'd love to end with a lightning round. Can you share some things enterprises should do right now to start making their organization more secure, both in 2021 and beyond? Sure, Jim. Yeah. So the four things that come to mind based on our discussions today are, one, implement multi-factor authentication across your entire organization. No exceptions. Two, secure your supply chain, both through isolated testing of inbound software and contractually through SLAs. Three, avoid software providers that require antivirus and malware scanners be disabled when installing and running their products. And four, audit your public and private cloud configurations just to ensure all IT services are securely locked down to just those users needing access. Well, that's great. That's all the time we have today on Aragon Live. Craig, I'd like to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today. Yeah, my, my pleasure, Jim. I'm really looking forward to more conversations like this on Aragon Live. Me too. Our listeners can schedule a free inquiry with Craig to discuss some of the things we discussed today, such as the health of your IT supply chain. Until next time, you can follow Aragon Live on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or on Google Play or on both. And again, thanks for tuning in.